0: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. With Valentine's Day just a few weeks away, I bet some of you have been stocking up on those bright pink frosted cookies at the grocery store and various red heart-shaped candies. Well, a dye that's responsible for some of that coloring is coming under fire in Springfield, as well as other food additives that lawmakers say are harmful. Red dye number three has been banned in cosmetics since the 90s, after evidence showed the dye caused cancer in lab animals. It's also been linked to behavioral problems in some children. Now, we learned more about the proposed legislation and the impact of those food additives on our health from Stephanie Zimmerman, a consumer investigations reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And Rochelle Trotter, health coach, founder and CEO of Our Culinaire Consulting, which helps businesses reach their goals in the food and beverage industry. Now, here's Stephanie with what the proposed legislation aims to do and the harmful ingredients that it's targeting.
1: This is a bill that was introduced by State Senator Willie Preston of Chicago and is supported by Illinois Secretary of State Alexi Genulius and also Representative Ann Stava-Marie from the suburbs. This um, bill would ban the sale of five different additives. It's four that have already been banned in California, which are brominated vegetable oil, potassium bromide. Propyl paraben, red dye number three, as you mentioned, and a fifth one, titanium dioxide. That's a new one that California did not ban, but Illinois seeks to ban in retail sales.
0: And connect the dots for us here, Rochelle. How does extended exposure and ingestion of these ingredients that Stephanie just, just laid out for us, how does that impact our health?
2: Well, it impacts our health in a lot of ways. As Stephanie mentioned and as you mentioned in the entrance, um, a lot of behavioral problems in kids as well as reproductive issues relative to red dye number five. If you're talking about titanium dioxide and things like that, that has been linked to cancer in lab animals. Brominated vegetable oil is a horrible one. Um, it has been shown to cause thyroid issues in lab rats. but more than anything that one has endocrine issues which deal with the reproduction um, system. So A lot of these artificial, very, very dangerous, quite frankly, ingredients that have been banned in other countries that take more of a precautionary principle relative Mm -hmm. to the way that they look at regulating foods and chemicals in foods versus us in the U.S., where we have to provide a substantial body of proof that it it does harm before we ban it. So for Mm. all of those reasons and more, these things absolutely, I believe, need to be looked at.
0: Yeah, and to your point, I mean... We know Americans struggle with diabetes and, and cardiovascular disease more than any other developed country in this world. I mean, how much, Rochelle, can you say that we can attribute that to these types of preservatives and, and additives that are showing up in our foods?
2: I mean, first of all, let's just just call a spade a spade. The elephant in the room is this. There are four key reasons that additives are added to food, to increase the, the shelf life, the freshness, the taste, and make them look good. If we went back to the way things were supposed to be, which is eating food in season as close to its whole form as possible, mm-hmm. then we wouldn't need these additives and these Foreign substances wouldn't be in our body causing the problems that it is causing. When Mm -hmm. I lived in Europe, there are things that I could eat there. That I come back to America and I try and eat and I swell. I have inflammation. I have joint pain. I have digestive issues. It's real. So I am, I am living, you know, I'm living proof in Europe. My refrigerator for our entire home was the size of what we in America have as college dorm room refrigerators because we went out to the store every day to get what we needed instead of like going to a large box store and buying two months worth of something that has a preservative mm-hmm. or it was an much additive more fresh too. to keep it for six months. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, well Stephanie, I want you to take us back because I mentioned earlier that longtime ban of uh, red dye number three in cosmetics. That's uh, was from 1990. Uh, and Later, this impact on uh, children and behavioral health. Tell us more.
1: Yeah, well, I think the history of a lot of these additives in, in the United States is it's really hard, like Rochelle said, to get any action on them. The FDA is said to be now finally looking at red dye number three, but they tend to um, lag way behind other countries. All five of the the substances that, are, that they're seeking to ban in Illinois are generally recognized as safe. It's G-R-A-S. That's the the designation that the FDA gives them. But the European Union has banned all five. And the four that California just banned... Um, which are the first four and not titanium dioxide yet, um, those are banned in many countries, mm-hmm. including Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, Japan. There's a lot of countries around the world that are a lot more progressive. And um, there are rumblings around, you know, that the new FDA now is going to finally um, at least take action on red number three. But but a lot of the um, organizations that have been petitioning and providing proof, they tell me that they just kind of get, yeah. get set aside. The FDA, they, the way it was explained to me by one of the advocacy groups is that the FDA is more concerned about something that could kill you right now, like a medicine or something, um, as opposed to something that could kill you years from now Jeez. because you've been eating it all these years.
0: We're juggling so much, Rochelle, when it comes to feeding ourselves. There's the time. There's the cost, Mm -hmm. Uh, resisting diet culture uh, and, and creating a better relationship with food. So with all of these things that we have to consider when it comes to nourishing our bodies, where do food additives stack up? Food
2: additives are absolutely some of some of these that we're talking about. Well, these five that we're talking about specifically are some of the worst things that we could possibly be thinking about doing. And here is my biggest issue with exactly what you said. We are in a culture of convenience, fast, limited time, limited money. Yeah. A lot of the populations that utilize these highly processed foods are those that are most at risk. Whether you have parents that are looking for quick ways to help their kids gain weight. So they're giving them that PediaSure strawberry go and grow shake, which also a lot of elderly people use, which has red dye number five. Or if you grew up in church like me and you're a kid acting out, what do you see old ladies pulling out of their purse? Candy. Brock's peppermints at Halloween. What's one of the top candies? Candy corn. All of these have red dye number Number three, you want to put uh, something that's a flame retardant in food and say it's safe for you. Well, that's what brominated vegetable oil oil is. is It's a flame mm-hmm. retardant. In 2014, Coke and Pepsi removed it from their products. It's used so that when you shake it up, the flavors meld. So lots of sports drinks like Gatorade and everything have had that. Now it still exists, but primarily in generic soda form, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sodas that are made from so, the dollar store. So to
0: avoid these additives, here's the thing. I mean, you have to read these long ingredients lists with names that a lot of people, let's be real, don't, don't quite understand. What's your advice then for us trying to decipher these food labels. We
2: have to start to educate ourselves. I I preach this every time I'm here. We don't want to take the time to read labels or to read articles that have been written like newspapers by like the sun times that will educate us on what's happening in the things that we're putting in our body. But knowledge is power. And that is the only way that we are going to make a change. When we have the knowledge, we will stop buying the products and money talks. Okay. Mm. When you stop buying the products, then the people will have to the manufacturers will have to take have to take a step back and reevaluate what they're giving us because we have to stop accepting things. If if titanium dioxide is most known as sunscreen and yet the FDA says it's generally regarded as safe to put in foods. And here I was giving my nephews those sun made vanilla yogurt raisins. Yes. We think those are healthy, right? Yeah. And honey, those have Titanium
1: dioxide
2: in them.
1: Oh, boy. Okay? So we have to know. You know, I think actually, and she's onto to something with this label reading. I, in doing this story, I had to educate myself about what these things are. And it's helpful to know sort of where they might lurk in a product, like, for example, the, the, as, as Rochelle mentioned, the brominated vegetable oil, that would be in something that has to be emulsified, like it needs to be mixed, like, for example, the sodas. Um, potassium bromate, that's a dough conditioner. So when you're buying something like in the bakery, it's, and also the propylparaben, that's a preservative in baked goods. So when you're buying, you know, your, your store bought cookies or muffins or whatever just take a look at the label see if it's on there red dye number three that's most suspicious and like you said the pinks and reds oh yeah and then the titanium dioxide that is something that makes things bright and white so you know i found it in those um those white colored almonds or like those yogurt Uh. yogurt covered raisins anything that is obscenely white as a food take
0: a look at the label And, and not usually white right so take right. a
1: look at the label and I think you know you'll you'll start to educate yourself about what to look for
0: so Stephanie you report that these uh, preservative ingredients that they've been banned in other parts of the world already you've talked about that a little bit but let's let's zoom in on California right California banned it uh toward the end of last year so just recently what do you think that'll mean now for Illinois as we, we sort of try to follow suit
1: yeah, so the California ban was just passed last fall, like you mentioned. It doesn't take effect until 2027. And interestingly, that goes after the manufacture and the sale of, um, the products with the four ingredients, not titanium dioxide, but the other four, including the red dye number three. Mm-hmm. Now, California being such a big economy, that is going to affect a lot of things. And when I was shopping over the weekend looking for foods that contain these items, I found that there were already some products that are starting to reformulate and use different ingredients. The industry is still saying, they're pushing back and they're saying, you know, um, we need these additives for a variety of reasons. Um, and that they do not like having a patchwork of different state laws. They would like to have some kind of uniform national standard. But the reality is with California doing this and with New York also looking at sir- mm-hmm. the same kind of legislation, um, I think we're going to start to see a lot of products changing because they're not going to make one cookie for Illinois or Wisconsin and another one for Illinois <laughs> right, and right. California. Um, the, the Illinois legislation, it's important to note only targets retail sales. We have a lot of candy makers here in Illinois, and I have a feeling that has something to do with the Mm. focus on the retail as opposed to the manufacturer. But Illinois would also give a long lead time. If this passes, it would also give um, everyone till 2027 to comply. And so
0: we're clear, I mean, would the change impact cost for the consumer? Would this be cheaper?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because the industry raises costs as a potential, um, barrier. However, some of the consumer groups say, you know, there are additives that do pretty much the same thing that sometimes are cheaper. So I'm not really sure how that's going to turn out. I'm not, I'm not sure that there's really a cost argument to be made yet mm-hmm. for
2: sure. What do you think, Rochelle? I, I, I think that, you know, our food chemical system, let's call a spade a spade, is broken. And there are so many ways, for instance, that you can get food red without using red number three. I color all of my food with, like, beet powder, okay? Okay when I was growing up, we would color our eggs and everything with peels from vegetables that were just left over on the side in a compote drawer. So I think it depends on on who you're talking to and what Mm -hmm. you're talking about. So I completely agree with you, Stephanie. I think while it's too early to say definitively whether or not there will be a cost impact to the consumers, again, we have to be willing to put in the work to educate ourselves on what our alternate ways for us to get that same effect Mm -hmm. i mean why if you can make red velvet cupcakes and use beets or beet powder for that red color why would you then need to have a cake mix that has red number three in it
0: yeah and i'm glad you're bringing up these alternatives because i mean uh, a lot of people are thinking about that right what adjustments will i have to make right And, and i imagine if this bill passes without additives also what does this do to the taste of our food Mm-hmm. Does it taste
2: different? Well, it really is going to depend on the formulation that the manufacturer does. But, again, just because you take a chemical, red number three, out of something and you replace it with something that's natural, like beet powder, does not have a flavor. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if we're really swapping one for one, it should not affect the taste of the product. But we have these massive companies like Weight Watchers and Sara Lee and Entiments and Little Debbie's that are putting... Propylparaben in products that are being removed out of cosmetics, like Johnson & Johnson is in the process of removing this from all of its products, Mm. and yet it's still allowed in our foods. So we can't ignore the power of the food manufacturing industry and their lobbying, okay? Mm -hmm. So we can come up with alternatives, and if I can buy beet powder, imagine what a large company like Sara Lee, how cheap they could be able to to get it or even produce it themselves. Yeah,
0: I mean, Rochelle brings up... uh, some great points here, Stephanie, and I, I just kind of come back to the same thought. I mean, as a consumer, it just sounds like it, it's hard to avoid these these uh, these additives in our foods.
1: Well, it, it's everywhere. I think there's also um, a growing awareness of these ultra processed foods in general. Um, more people are thinking, "Gosh, fewer words on the label is always better." <laughs> and I, Rochelle, also brought up something which is. Um, It used to be, I remember when I was a kid, we would wait all summer for strawberries because they were in season. So when you're buying things that are locally produced and in season, you're more likely to get a healthier product. The product isn't going to need, like with the example of the the muffins or whatever that contains some of those preservatives, Mm -hmm. that's. The reason why they contain them is because they want to ship them across the country and have them stay fresh and have them sit there for a really long time. Yeah. Um, so I think all of those changes would result in in more healthy food.
0: Yeah. Well, Rochelle, tell me this. If, if folks are listening to us right now and they're thinking, this is all interesting and all, but why does it need to be legislated? Uh, you know, if they're concerned... Can't they just avoid these foods? Well, because our food system is legislated,
2: okay? And so unless you're living in Mississippi or somewhere, like I grew up on a farm, and you're growing things on your own, anything you go to the store and purchase has gone through some form of legislation. So, yes, they need to be concerned. We all need to be concerned about the bodies that are governing what goes on the shelves Mm -hmm. and packages that ultimately makes its way into our body because it's not just about what's happening to us when we eat the food, it's about what's happening to us long term. Obesity, chronic disease, inflammation, high blood pressure, all of these issues that can be linked to a lot of things that we're consuming that are not so good for us. What does that lead to? It leads to increased health costs. Well, who pays the price for that and what is one of the biggest issues we're facing in America right now is the rising cost of health care. If we can get on the front end and try and prevent it as opposed to completely about it on the back end reaction like how can I afford to pay for this yeah then we would solve a lot of problems at once
0: well next steps then Stephanie for this uh, this Illinois bill leave us with that and if it's passed when would we see something like this take effect
1: yeah so it was just um, it was actually sort of quietly introduced last um, November by Senator Preston Illinois Secretary of State Alexei Giannulli took a big interest in it because he's in charge of the organ Donor Registry in Illinois. And um, they are currently re- revising the bill to add the titanium dioxide. And also, we didn't even mention to add the study of two other preservatives, BHA and BHT. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But um, so I think they're just getting going. If it, you know, they're hoping they don't get too much resistance. I think industry will put up a fight, but the fact that California has already done this mm-hmm. sort of paves the way.
0: That definitely paves the way. We'll leave it there. Uh, Stephanie Zimmerman is a consumer investigations reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Michelle Trotter is an entrepreneur, health coach, and founder and CEO of Our Culinaire Consulting. Thank you both so much. Very interesting stuff. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. That episode of the Reset Pod was produced by Brenda Ruiz and it was edited by Linnea Dominic and Meha Ahmed. If you liked this conversation, please consider leaving us a rating. Thanks for listening and have a great day. We'll talk tomorrow.